0: this week's show, on the spot in the FA Vars, we hear from Glee Boss Harry Hudson.
1: I just said to the boys, "Don't like nothing changes, no stress. Like we we deserve to win this game, and we're gonna like just the positive mentality. We're gonna score five out of five, and Big G will save one or make them miss one. And and it it, it turned out that way.
0: Frustration all around as Dover's long wait for a win continues. We hear from Assistant Boss Nicky Southall.
2: But you can see on that pitch there, there was no lack of effort. Um, I think everybody in the Dover support can see that. It's just just their mistakes keep, keep costing us.
0: And Roland Edge gives us the inside thoughts after
3: Folkestone Victor lose at Lewis. The blip was one game. Yeah, so that we can accept that and then you go and you uh, reassess and go again. Hi everyone,
0: and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plannering and Heating. It's getting cold, so you might need to use Nick Cunningham's services. Uh, The nights are more than drawing in, and it's a crucial part of the season. So as always, we've got a packed show coming up for you. I would tell you how many interviews we've got, but I'm writing this line two and a half hours before recording. There's genuine jeopardy right now. Let's see. You've already heard clips from them anyway. Uh, I'm John Phipps, who was delighted to be able to enjoy some craft beer while watching a game this week. And on the line now is a man I have to be really nice this week. But, oh, Matt, can you choose for me intro one or intro two? Two. On the line now is a man who promised me on Tuesday morning we'd be spending 25 minutes of this week's show talking about Dover's win over Wealdstone. It's Matt Gerard. How are you, mate?
4: Fair luck with football. Um, no, I'm good. I'm good. It is getting cold, so that's a little bit concerning. But um, the highlight of the football yesterday was I managed to take a heater into the press box that I got from. Um, somewhere, and the the most important thing, it didn't fuse the whole stadium, because that that was one of the concerns.
0: So were you actually toasty then? So Were
4: you toasty? Yeah, yeah, so that's the most important thing. I thought, oh, I'll be freezing, and it won't be very good, but at least I wasn't freezing.
0: I did actually genuinely contemplate just leaving 25 minutes of complete silence now, after that comment. Yeah. And then people can just fast-forward it and and, and pick themselves up in 25
4: minutes. yeah, yeah, it's as I say, it's the hope that kills you, mate. I was yeah. convinced we were going to win. Well, yeah, but why? Why? Well, I think about it. There's no, well, there's no, no theory that we were going to win. So yeah, <laughs> but there you go. Certain teams are loving it. The Greatest season ever. For me, yes. it's turning into an absolute ball lake.
0: I think the thing was, though, and we'll obviously talk about Dover in a lot more detail, it's not as if you were expecting it to be much, any better. You, you you were expecting a relegation. It was not as if at the start of the season, everyone was like, well, Dover, they're favourites to win the league. I mean, surely they say it's the hope that kills you, but you didn't have a lot of hope that you were going to win the league this season. So well, it's not all bad.
4: Well right? Well, the hope is that we actually win a game. And I don't have to say the same old questions to management at the end of the thing. That's that's. It's be it from a journalistic point of view, when you don't win, there's only certain about of questions you can actually ask. And so just a little bit different. Oh, you know, we won a game. That, that's, I just want to, somebody, some people, some people honestly think we're not going to win a game this season. And we won't get out of minus figures, minus points. The thing we'll so, play if, if, you do,
0: if you do win a game, then you won't do any interviews because you'll be running around Crabble with your shirt off. So, yeah,
4: yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're going to win the game when I'm not there. So that's, it's going to happen i would have
0: thought yeah i'd imagine so i'm sure they'll be paying for you to go to, to go away if that happens as well uh anyway it's a 192nd episode this week and of course that is synonymous with director inquiries get yourself on 192.com and you can find out all sorts i did a very quick search of a random person i found out matt's middle initial and his wife's maiden name without even having to register lovely uh 192.com apparently contains 700 million residential and business records. Uh, despite that, they've only got 35 employees. And yes, Matt, really, I did. I typed in Matthew Gerard. Broadstairs stairs and up popped your middle initial and the other person who lives in your house which was your wife and it had both her maiden name and her and her married name
4: yeah the paper well, i thought it was a paper
0: 192 Dr. no i mean to, to... to get the full details of your, of your address and all that stuff but literally i just typed in your name and there you were and the best thing was do you know what i did after i did that i typed in my name and eastbourne and there was absolutely no records because it's all based on previous censuses. <laughs> that's good isn't it oh.
4: I said, yeah, I thought all well, the sensors would have come out by now. We had that as well. GDPR yes. and all that. We should probably be suing these 192.
0: Well, exactly. Good luck with that loose lawsuit. Do let me know how that goes.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, GDPR. Maybe they shouldn't do that. 192. Surely nobody uses that anyway. Madness. Although, if you dial 192, it costs about £45 a second, doesn't it?
0: Oh, they're all ridiculous, aren't they? I mean, especially in this day and age, it's much easier to just uh, Google people in it or... And plus, it, I always associate direct inquiries with like landline numbers, and, and most people don't even use them anymore, do they?
4: No, we, we were having a conversation about this the other day. That only um, elderly people seem to have landline numbers. So, and somebody we said about a landline. We we're talking about this, and my one of my daughters said, "What's a landline?" So there you go. That shows where landlines get in the water.
0: Do you know the conversation we had the other week was about? Um, we were having this conversation with some guests over the weekend, a similar sort of topic we were talking about the, the fact that in our lifetime, we used to have phones where you had to actually use the dial. Yeah. And Hayley was saying like the first time they got a proper phone, it was so exciting when their first push button phone arrived yeah. and having a photo shoot in front of it and everything like that. And nowadays we don't even have landline phones, do we?
4: I reckon that phone was probably cream as well. Cause everybody had the same phone, a cream phone with sort of buttons on that. But, that's something quite satisfying. We used to say a nine and you do it all the way around and then it would just come back. That's probably, uh, as my kids say, that would be ASMR. I don't know what that means, but that's something, if that's really cool and makes a nice noise, AS- sorry, ASMR. Sorry. A-M-S-R. ASMR. ASMR. I've I never got, heard that. No, no, that's, that, that's ASMR, Dad, and I've got no idea what it is. But that that is quite satisfying. You, the nine, I used to pick it around. And then it would just back. Yeah. But I bet you that was a cream phone that the BT probably brought out 3,000 million of them and everybody had one of them.
0: There was a video. And, a, and it had a
4: redial as well. That was the other cool thing.
0: Yeah. There, there was a, a video during the rounds of they gave some children, like one of those phones with a dial and said to them, do you want to try and call some people? And they were like, <laughs> didn't have a clue what they were doing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, one of those, I suppose. Uh, very. Yeah, very- exactly.
4: I, yeah. Well, in 30 years' time, when there's something new, Fad, and we're not taking it on board as well. but Yeah, a bit like like mobile phones for certain people as well.
0: Yeah, I found the video. Two 17-year-old boys challenged to make a phone call on a rotary phone, and apparently it was a hilarious video. Well, I'll be the judge of that, and I can assure you, most of the time when I see something described as hilarious, I don't find it hilarious. Uh, Right, on with the show then. Let's start with the FA Vars, where five of the seven Kent representatives made it through. And we're going to hear from one of them first up. It was penalty glory for Glebe as they overcame Hamworth Villa after a 1-1 draw at Foxbury Avenue. 72 hours later, they were knocked out of the London Senior Cup, also on spot kicks. But as you'll hear, boss Harry Hudson was delighted to win the more important one.
1: I'm glad we got the one, the one we, we won in the Vase rather than in the Cup. We all respected the Cup. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it's always like age-old thing, right? It's always a lottery, so... Um, yeah, we definitely. If we were going to win one and lose one, I'm, I'm glad it went the way it did in terms of the order of that.
4: Have,
0: have you practiced penalties at all? So I, I guess you knew it was a, a possibility on Saturday at least.
1: Yeah, we didn't before this round of ours, but we have been practicing before. Um, we've actually had a quite a bad record in, pen, in penalties in normal in normal games this year. We've actually, I think, we've missed. at least two, but it might actually be three directly from the, like in in games. Um, which is really poor. Um, you wouldn't expect to maybe miss more than maybe two penalties in a season. Um, so yeah, we haven't done very well in in normal in normal uh, penalties in games. But yeah, we, we thankfully got the right order for Saturday. We we had the right players on the pitch we wanted to, and um, yeah, on Saturday it was was kind of how you'd want a penalty you had to go. All, all four, five of our penalty takers scored, and um, that's all you can ask for, I suppose.
0: And I suppose it helps that you've got a very imposing goalkeeper as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, Big G fills the goal, um, like, humongously. And then, obviously, his experience with, with the mind games and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it definitely worked in our favour on Saturday last night. He was actually carrying a bit of a knock last night. And, um, yeah, we're going to need to make sure we, we rest him up. Um, for, for next week when we've got some massive games. But, yeah, no, Big G's uh, he's a great goal in every facet, but also in terms of, yeah, I wouldn't want to be taking a punt against him. He makes the goal look very small.
0: It was like it was going to be a, a tough game on Saturday in the Vars, and was that the case? Um, it was tough,
1: because Hamworth are very well organised. Um, I think I was, as a... maybe a football purer, like, hoping for more of, like, an open game... Um, like more excited, like we they, they kind of sat off us and, and gave us respect and let us have the ball. And um, to be honest, I was pretty comfortable because I didn't. I said they got with Sam Mers and they got the one of the longest throws I've ever seen. Like you know what what you're going to face in terms of the amount of set plays in a game are going to probably treble than what you normally face. And I thought we done really well to that in, in open play. I, I, I felt really comfortable. And to be honest, we had. Had two or three opportunities to put daylight between us and them, and it was just kind of one of those things. Sods law, ninety-sixth minute uh, equaliser, take it straight to pens. But I think it wouldn't it, it wouldn't have been fair on us to go out in a game uh, to go out of the vase, sorry, on that game because I thought we were we were best, like we we deserved to go through. And to be fair to the they even they said the same kind of thing. They reinforced that like, we were the better side on the day. So. Um, yeah, glad glad to get through, definitely.
0: How was that pre penalty pep talk after you just conceded in the ninety sixth minute? <laughs> uh, to be fair,
1: like, I, I, I don't know. I, like, it's easy to say it now when we won the penalty shootout, but I just I just said to the boys, don't like nothing changes, no stress. Like we we deserve to win this game, and we're gonna like just the positive mentality. We're gonna score five out of five, and Big G will say one or make them miss one, and and it did, it turned out that way. Um, maybe the, uh, the impactfulness of that same conversation four days later or three days later last night maybe didn't didn't didn't, uh, didn't have the same impact but yeah no Saturday was just a case of just, just being positive like this is our round we deserve to go through we're going to score five out of five and, and they're going to miss one so um, yeah thankfully it, it materialised that way
0: Into the last 64 of the files, is this one of those competitions that just becomes more and more of a priority the deeper you go into it?
1: I think to be fair I haven't managed at step five for uh, Four, well, five years. So coming back down, I did. I, I, there is something special about the VARS, especially in the step five team when you're obviously t- should be at the top end of what. I did. So it's a realistic, potentially realistic target to go far in the VARS. I think once we went really disappointingly out of the FA Cup, um, it became more of a priority from that moment on in terms of the financial potential of the competition. Um, if I'm honest, we wanted. Well, we obviously, but we we I didn't expect to go out as early did in the FA Cup. So when that happened, the VARs became more of a even more of a priority from a financial perspective. But I've, I've always, um, yeah, we we've always got ambitions to to to, to, look, to go as far as we can. in The VARs. With, with obviously the Wembley at the end, and and I said the financial side it's, it's always been something we've we've cared about.
0: And obviously Beckham in the next round, even though you're not in the same league, I don't think you could have got someone in a different league who was closer. Could you?
1: No, no, not at all. Um, it's another difficult draw, like Hamworth Villa were at the top of their equivalent league, and Beckenham are always a good side. Step Five probably should have got out of, the, out of the league somehow in the last four years when they haven't. So it's not an easy one, but we're happy to be back at home. Um, yeah, and yeah, we're looking forward to that to that game in a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, you have got the senior Trophy first, and then you've got some some big league games well in town, and then and I know you're probably taking one game at a time, but that game with Sheppey's looming large, isn't it, in ten days or so?
1: Absolutely. Cannot wait. Wish it was tomorrow to be honest. It's, um there, the 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 Chatham away, the Sheppey away, they're the kind of games you you kinda of do the job for. Um that's what we like for all due respect to every other team. I'm not saying that not the case, but yeah, we, we, we have to look at each game one at a time, but yeah, we're we're certainly looking forward to that one. Um and yeah, it's an opportunity for us to to close that, that gap between us and them, which is what the objective will be in the same way it we went into the Chatham game with no fear looking to to take three points we'll be doing exactly the exact same against Sheppey.
0: You say you haven't managed at this level for, for a while how competitive do you think this league is?
1: I think it's a, it's a really interesting question because I think honestly think the top three maybe four teams in the league would be top eight teams in step four um, and that, that I can say that with confidence in regards to I think my team I have this year are probably better than the team I have had last year at Whiteleaf or the last couple of seasons at Whiteleaf so I do believe that but then I I think there's quite a big drop within the league um, whereas at step four literally on any day like the, the team at second bottom bottom of the league will go and give anyone a game I think it, at step five I think there's quite a big gap um, between kind of the top Top four or five, and then and then and then the bottom five or six. I think that that, that gap is, is is a bit bigger than what you expect in step four. But I think in terms of the top top part of the table, yeah, I generally believe us Sheppi could probably be there or thereabouts in playoff, probably like placed in the league above, which which shows the strength of the league.
0: And obviously, you've been a Glebe since the start of the season. I guess you're finding it well. And, and a great feather in the cap for the club lately that a player who used to be in your youth systems playing for England now. It's brilliant, isn't it?
1: Oh, it's, it's absolutely incredible and it's great. I mean, I, I don't know. If, I've only been with the club for a year, but I know that Emil still speaks to Rocky and has, has, has continued to help the club. And like even said, I think there was talk of a, maybe a, a signed shirt, donation stuff like that. It's, it's really great that... that players that get to that level, like the highest level of football, still when where they come from. And that's, that's credit to the work that Glebe would have done at the time. And also to the type of person that Mill Smith-Rowe is, that he still kind of cares and values where he come from. So yeah, it's, it's certainly with his um, England debut last month, pushed the profile of the club up slightly uh, even higher, which is which is brilliant. And Gle- Glebe's a really lovely, really, really lovely club. and I, th- I think it's just missing him. Um, like that, that real push of a, of a real strong fan base and, a, um, like that, that side to the, to the club, but the youth section is brilliant. The, the work that the club does in the community is fantastic. And I'm very pleased to be a part of the club.
0: You know what, Matt? I think that's a very, very good interview. Not my bits, of course, but what Harry said, there's some really interesting stuff and not many managers ahead of the last 64 will voluntarily drop in the W word, but it seems the vase is a real priority for, for Glebe this season.
4: Yeah, I, I think the way they're performing, and that's a good result against Hamworth-Filler, maybe, you know, they got lucky penalties, but he seemed uber confident they were going to win the penalties penalty shootout as well. There's no reason why not that they can't think about the, the W. A difficult tie in the next round. Um, if we always thought that if Beckenham were in this division and not somewhere else, they would be at the top of the table. So that's a, a good test for them. But what is, and it's also good to see that, you know, he doesn't give him monkeys about the other cups as well. So... Vars and the league are key for him and doing very, very well. Did we, did, uh, if we listen back to the start of the season, did we think Glebe will be one of the top yes. three sides? Yes. He probably did. But, but, but I admire him coming down as well because he's managed at a higher level. He's come back to Glebe, probably well. He's probably got a decent budget, but doing a, a decent job there. Um, can they split the big two of Chatham and Sheppey at the moment? They've got a chance. And in the Vars, yeah, you know, I think. Uh, You've got, it. You've got it. If you get the last 64, you'll be travelling the breadth of the country. There's no reason why you can't start thinking about it.
0: No, exactly. And, and you know, like you say, a really tough game against another team from Kent uh, in the next round in Beckham. That that is going to be a, a really really interesting tie. But Glebe will go into that with absolutely nothing to fear, will they? Because they're confident. He's confident, and I'm sure that rubs off on his players.
4: Yeah, yeah. For, again, young managers and he, 30, you know. I, Clearly, he knows he's he's worked his way up to a decent level, come down to Glebe here, works with the players, done some great results this season. I think that probably Gary Alexander was there Then maybe he added a a bit more professionalism into the club and Harry's just sort of taken that on board and taken it to to a different level. So, yeah, I think um, doing a very, very good job and I still think it'll be a surprise if they can separate the top two. And one of the points you made, I think, as well, interestingly, he thinks that the top sides in the uh, scuffle are very good. The bottom side aren't much cop. So probably looking at results wise, he's not too far on the mark there.
0: No. And, and Hanworth Villa, who, who obviously they beat in the Vars, they, as he said, they were near the top of their, uh, their league. I only remembered when he was talking about uh, Paul Merson's lad that Hanworth Villa actually played Corinthian in the FA Vars last season uh, and beat them on penalties. And uh, I've just been chatting to the uh, the Corinthian manager about that game. And he said that, you know, they, they were one of the mercants in particular is a very, very handy player. A lot of different players from the team they played last season. But that's the sort of result that that kind of puts down a marker uh, for Glebe. And I'm pretty sure, uh, can't speak for Beckham, we may speak to Beckham in the next couple of weeks, but I'm pretty sure they would have wanted to avoid Glebe uh, in the next round if they certainly could have uh, done that. But that, that's going to be a tie we'll be talking about in two or three weeks' time. But yes, that comment that he made that the top three or four teams could compete in the in the upper echelons of the division above, I, I think that's been discussed a lot, and, and that's something that I think we agree with. But yeah, it is an interesting conundrum where where he says, in the Ismael League, anyone can beat anyone, whereas I think there are certainly games that he's looking at in the, in the division that they're in now, in the scaffold, thinking... Yeah, we should be winning that. And and I suppose it it wasn't for a second. I don't think he was saying that he thinks the games against the teams near the bottom are easy. He certainly was saying, but I think you can go into that and and expect to win games. And I think he expects to win games and he knows they've already played Chatham. That was a big game. And that game in 10 days time against Sheppie United. Absolute blockbuster, that one, isn't it?
4: Massive, absolutely massive. Sheppie for both sides, Glebe. Look at the league table. Yeah, that, that's game of the season so far. And Chatham will be watching that as well. I've got to say, Big G, the goalkeeper, is that the one who used to play for Ashford?
0: Yes, that's the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Herm yeah. Bay and all
4: sorts. He is, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a unit, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I, I, well, not that I'd be very confident scoring a penalty anyway, but if i lining up against him, the, you know, what a good goalkeeper he is, that will be, um, yeah, as you say, you can win a penalty shootout probably before the game when you see him in good shot stopper big dominant goalkeeper you know it's worth your weight in gold i think
0: and it was also i thought refreshing um from harry there we were talking about obviously a Mill smith row uh, formerly of the Glebe youth system mm. coming through and playing for england but i thought it was it was quite you know he was quite open and honest when he said well you know the one thing we really need at this club is, is a fan base and you know, I, I went to Glebe earlier in the season. I, I thought they played some good football. I, I enjoyed it there. I think they've got a lovely set up there. But it is a question of how you get people into the ground. And, you know, we see certain clubs do struggle with that. And and I suppose part of the difficult, the, the only difficult I can really see for Glebe is that the ground is, is a little bit out of the town centre of of Chislehurst, where they're based. And also to get there is a bit of a, a long walk from the road, as silly as that sounds. But there's no reason why they can't, like all of our other clubs are, are, are doing or many of our other clubs are doing, start getting all these younger lads coming in, or the younger youth teams coming through and watching and then bringing their families. And, and that's how you build it, isn't it? You, they, they, by the sound of things, they're doing it right. And I remember when I was there on that Tuesday night, there were so many games going on around the main sort of pitch at Foxbury, Avenue. That there, There's obviously the, the basis there. It's just, I suppose, Harry's challenge is to... Is to Build a team that people want to come and watch, and and he's doing everything he can because they're doing so brilliantly.
4: Well, I think it helps if you know somebody from your academy or your young one, you got him as a kid is now playing for England. She, clearly, you know the infrastructure they've got uh, is very good there, and utilise that. And I'm sure as you mentioned that Smith Rowe talks to the chairman, doesn't he? So I'm sure Smith Rowe can do a little bit for the club, get a little bit, and that that can only that can only booster your um, what you can see to the people out there. And also attract people to come and watch. I think the key thing in this, I think, the, isn't that that report's coming out from Tracy Crouch, the local MP, isn't there, about football coming up? But I think one of the big things about that is going to be about communities and things like that. And Glebe, once again, clearly doing that well, attracting the people, and he might—they might not benefit it now or the next five years, but in ten years' time, that could be the future for them.
0: Absolutely. Well, let's stick with the rest of the FA Vars results. And the same stadium, actually, Foxbury Avenue, 24 hours after Glebe's win. An even better result for Stansfeld of Schaffer Division 1, as they beat Badshot Lee by two goals to one. Two early goals, uh, enough for Stansfeld. And and what a fantastic, fantastic result that is for them, Matt.
4: Oh, amazing. You see the scenes as well. Good crowd. You know, Badshot Lee, one of these sides, we said, oh, when we look at these scenes. I've heard of them before in the thing. Unbelievable result for them. So scored, uh, but the scenes afterwards shows what it means to them. Getting to the last 64 of a competition, the level they're at, absolutely fantastic. So enjoy the moment. I'm sure that was um, the players will never forget that day. What What a great, great day for the club.
0: Yeah, and it was great because obviously we spoke to uh, one of the managers a couple of weeks ago and, and really enjoyed that interview and, and hearing about them. And so really, really pleased for for everyone at Stansfeld to make it through to the next round. So well done to them. Uh, also in the hat are Sheppie United. Uh, 3-2 win for them at Shearwater, a touring Roberts hat-trick uh, among that. And I also just want to quickly say uh, that Mark, uh, a Sheppie United fan, listener of the show, uh, lost his mum. Last week. Really sorry to hear that. Um, But what a touch from Sheppey United because he was at the game and someone came over to him and presented him with a a sympathy card signed by all the players, which I thought was absolutely class. And I know there were things or up and down the county of, of great examples like that. But I saw that one this week, and, and that really touched me. So thoughts with you and your family, Mark, at this tough time. Uh, Tom Ritchwell also made it through uh, after a 1-0 win over Walton Hersham. We know Beckham are through because they're going to be playing Glebe in the next round uh, that they beat Milton United 3-2. Uh, it was, however, the end of the line for two of our Kent sides. Chatham had a dramatic old day at Southall. They were 2-0 down, fought back to 2-2. Uh, the exact opposite of what happened for Glebe, though, because they then lost on penalties as well. Uh, they, they had a nightmare in the shootout as well, Chatham. So they were beaten uh, by Southall on penalties. Southall beaten another Skeppel team. And Deal were beaten 2-1 at home by Little At Littlehampton uh, little in the next round will play Sheppard United. Second season running as well, those two sides have met. That one also went to penalty. So that's another little blockbuster of a tie, isn't it?
4: Yeah, I presume this must be the last time it's regionalised, is it? Last 32, does it go?
0: I think it's the last, last time it's this regionalised. I think it might, yeah. it might be a possibility of maybe going a bit further round the sort of yeah. South Midlands sort of way, but I don't think the chances of playing uh, your concerts and your heavens are, yeah. uh, are quite on the horizon yeah. just yet.
4: Yeah, feel for deal. I fancy Tunbridge Wells after the last week will be a disappointing result we've had, and I think... Um, Amazing what a week does in football, isn't it? Losing to your local rivals and then beating Walton Hersham in, in front of a decent crowd as well. We're really pleased. So They've gutted the deal. I know how much it means to deal as well. and They'd be really good in this competition. Being out before um, Christmas is a, a little bit of a blip for them at the moment.
0: Yes, in the next round, we've already said, Little Hampton against Sheppy Glebe against Beckham, Tumbridge, Wales are at home to Wallingford, and Stansfield will play Frimley Green, who still aren't called the Darts, believe it or not, Matt. Um, those ties will be played on the 11th and the 12th of December, so... Um trying to do some planning ahead, but see if I can get to uh, at least one of those games. But uh, this should be absolutely fantastic. Uh, looking into the Southern Counties East League itself, there were some games over the weekend. Uh, Canterbury 2, K-Sports 5, Irith and Belvedere 2, Homesdale 1, Fisher Neil Beersted 4. Fantastic win for that, that for Beersted. A Hollands player against Punjab was abandoned due to an injury to a Punjab player. I'm happy to report though that player is is fine and, and on the way to recovery. Uh, Irith Town were 2-1 winners at Lordswood. Uh, Tower Hamlets and Rustle unfortunately both thrown out of the scaffold after their 0-0 draw, the first in the Premier League uh, all season, and uh, Wellington will beaten 3-1 at home by Crowborough. Russell actually followed that up uh, with a 1-0 win uh, at Beckenham in the Kent Senior uh, Trophy as well. So they've actually kept three clean sheets in a row, Russell, and we spoke to them last week on the show, so that's uh, really, really good for them. But it doesn't do the scaffold goal average any good, does it, Matt?
4: No, I think they should be deducting points for that. I'm really disappointed, so... Um, but well, clean sheet. As 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 a football manager, well, a football person says, if you don't concede, you don't lose. I'm quite, sometimes I'm quite happy with that. But yeah, disappointed on the strikers one. But defense is on top for the first time in a scaffold.
0: Yes. Uh, this weekend on Friday night, Kennington at home to K Sports in the league. And then on Saturday, it's Crowe against Tower Hamlets, Lordswood at home to Fisher, Tunbridge Wells against Punjab United. Uh, then on also on Saturday, the Kent Senior Trophy, uh, the next round deal at home to Irith and Belvedere. It's Glebe against Lead Hollands and Blair against Irith Town. Lewish and Borough against Chatham. Sheppie against Homsdale. Wellingtown against Greenways. Oh, Tuesday night, back to some league action. Uh, Deal Town against Chatham Town. That game was obviously uh, abandoned on the opening day of the season. It's Irith and Belvedere against Rustall. Lordswood against Sheppie United. Tunbridge Wells take on Irith Town and Wellingtown. Take on Glee. Beckenham. Uh, also in league action. Can Saturday.
4: I say, right? Is, I, do they, I take it, with the I know Matt Pantin might, he might listen. Is there no reason why you can't play the Kent Senior trophy on a Tuesday and then deal against Chatham on a Saturday? Because that will be a really, really good crowd. I don't know. Is it the Kent? Yeah. Again, I'm moaning about fixtures, which I do all the time, which I appreciate is a difficult job. But clearly, they, they could have. Could they play the, the trophy during the week and not? I think Saturday? a lot of the
0: trophy games are set out to be on Saturdays. There are clear, clear weekends left for the trophy. And, and I guess that's part of the. Uh, yeah of the way it goes and obviously the oh, deal the thought, game got... is a rearranged game as well so
4: yeah. deal against Chatham on a Saturday with well not that people are going to watch Dover anyway but <laughs> would be a decent really decent crowd I would have thought people around there so.
0: yes uh well it's one it's one of those isn't it but it should be uh hopefully it'll be a, a good game for everyone uh, yeah, Beckham, yeah. as I was about to say in combined county league action on Saturday they're at home to Colliers Wood United uh, just quickly run um, through the Scaffold Division one uh, results and fixtures as well. Uh, Brighton rope six. Kent Football United nil. Chesterton Hook nil. SC Thamesmead three. Croydon three. Meridian VP nil. FC Almstead nil. Rochester United two. Greenways two. Tooting Beck two. Snodland four. Lewisham Borough one. Staplehurst Monks five. Westside one. On Saturday, strike Strikeforce against Chesterton Hook. Uh, Meridian VP against SC Thames meets Sutton Athletic against Rochester United, Tutti Beck against Brighton Ropes, and West Side against Forest Hill Park. There is also a game. Uh, we're back to the old days here. We were actually recording this on a Wednesday lunchtime, but Faberstrom Strike Force meets Sutton Athletic uh, tonight as well uh, in, the, in the league. So we'll keep an eye on the outcome of that one. So, yeah, pl- plenty going on in the scaffold. Let's move on then uh, up to. Oh, let's go to the top of the pyramid, shall we? The National League. Um, I'm trying to sugarcoat it I'm trying to find a way to be positive Dover scored three times at home this week um, they conceded six uh, they lost 3-1 at home to AFC Halifax and they lost 3-2 to Wealdstone on Tuesday evening uh, here is Matt speaking to Dover Athletic Assistant Manager Nicky Southall after the second of those defeats
2: yes yeah, pretty much it's the story of our season isn't it but um, I've got to say I, I really feel feel proud of the boys where they actually um really created a lot of chances um probably the best football we've played in a while but our Achilles heel again making mistakes at the back it's it's cost us again and um it just keeps happening for some reason there's a lapse of concentration somewhere within us within the within the 90 minutes and we we seem to be just letting goals in at that stage especially when we're on top and um I've got to say the one real positive was uh, young Noah Carney coming on I thought he was outstanding we look at the position and that's the concerning thing
4: you concede when you're on top of games numerous times this season what can you
2: put why does that happen I just think um, we just got um, in transition you know in terms of uh, I think we feel as if um, we're getting a lot of the ball, and I just think we just don't see danger quick enough. And um, whether that's down to a young young team, young squad, whatever. But I I just think when we open the ball, I think we just got to be really mind mindful that we we got to make sure we, we're we tight at the back and organise And whether that's down to an organiser at the back who's who's there vocal, demanding people to stay in front of them and move them about. And that's um, you look at look at. Um, that's what that's what um, a decent um, experienced centre halves give you, and um, but you don't have to be experienced. You just you just got to just be dominant in there, and we we ended up putting young Ryan Ryan Hansen in there because uh, just to give us um, just to match us up in terms of the shape and uh, with with Wheelstone. You can see a lot of goals that you brought out uh, brought back in Bexon instead of Parks. What was the reasoning behind that? We just felt as if uh, he, um, Adam he looked a little bit tired uh, recently. Um, I think with the pitch on Saturday was heavy. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's, he just wasn't um, striking the ball uh, cleanly through because obviously it's a heavy, heavy pitch. So we brought uh, Josh in that could uh, strike it a little bit further and get us up the pitch a little bit more. And um, I feel sorry for him again today. Come in, and he's conceded three three goals as well.
4: You must be concerned, you know. That's the average amount. I think it's 30, 35 goals you conceded this
2: season, fifteen or sixteen games. Yeah, it obviously is. And um, to score two goals at home and, and lose the game again, it's 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 gutting, you know. And um, I think uh, I, I've got to say I thought the fans were f- fabulous tonight. Uh, they stayed behind the boys, and they could see their maximum effort. Um, we're desperate for him to 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 get a win for everyone at the club. For ev- everyone on you know, the fans, the players, everyone behind the scenes. Um, just to give everyone a lift and I think if, sometimes you can want it too much and just, and you keep going gun ho and, and try, trying to get that uh, winner and obviously you leave yourself open at the back uh, I've got to say the, the winning goal was a fabulous cross but we, it shouldn't get to that stage I think we've got to deal with it better um, and, and out, out near the uh, dugout um, we've had Harry and uh, Jake who's got to deal better with the, with the guy but again it was unbelievable probably the, the cross of the game and we've got to do better at the back stick with Junior
4: Unfortunately, you're creating records all for the wrong reasons this season that's nine consecutive defeats, worst start of the season. Um,
2: has there been talk about you know your position at the club between you and Andy? Um, obviously, no. We just get on and do our jobs. Um, we just um, we're here. We're, we're desperate to uh, to win a game of football, and um, everyone knows the place that we're in at the start of the season and, um, and and through last season, um, but. We 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 we're desperate. We're football men. We've been in the game long enough, and uh, results. So, you know, yeah. they're,
4: they're, they're
2: the main thing. Yeah, obviously it's a results business, and um, but you can see on that pitch there, there was no lack of effort. Um, I think everybody in a in a in a in a, a Dover support, can see that. It's just just their mistakes keep keep costing us. And um, like you say, we've got to eradicate that. We've got Yeovil obviously at the, at the weekend. Um, good team. It used to be a championship team, so we have got to go there. We we went there a few years ago, live on TV, and beat them. So um, we just got to be positive, and just f- fingers crossed, we can get that first win.
0: You can hear the frustration in Nicky Southall's voice. You can hear the frustration in your voice. Do, do you think? I know you said beforehand you, you thought it was an opportunity. Having watched the game, was it an opportunity?
4: Yes, because I thought Wheelstone uh, were probably the worst team we've played. This season, or not the work, you know, they've beaten us. So they can't, you know, but they, they weren't as good as other teams. Um, Defensively, they weren't the greatest. Um, And we should have, you know, And the thing that was frustrating me is that when we get on top of a game, we score a bit like against Halifax on Saturday. You think, right, let's go on and win it. Let's, the momentum, and then we sort of switch it. And then we sort of don't carry on the good work that got us into the game and then concede, rubbish goals as well. So and you can blame we don't take our chances. But you look on the paper, um we're conceding averaging nearly three goals a game. So, you know, you can have you need to score four at this rate to win a game, which clearly we're not going to do, even though I think we've scored in we've scored a lot of games in a row now. So we are creating chances. It's just frustrating. Um and I don't blame the goalkeeper. One of the biggest shocks I said they dropped the best player, Parks. And in that interview, he said, oh, he was looking tired. Parks is our best player. I know he's on loan from Watford. I think he's a great goalkeeper. They brought Bexson in. And I'm just bemused by that decision. And I really hope they keep Parks and they're not going to send him back to Watford because, um, yeah, well, nothing against Bexon, but I can see the reasons why in that game that he started the first five games and hasn't played since. So that's the most... Some of the decision-making, I'm scratching my head, really, to be honest.
0: Do you, do you think, I remember back in the summer, we were talking about this whole conundrum of this whole season uh, for Dove Athletic. Do you think that, although he's he, he's been superb for you, but we did say right at the start, an experienced goalkeeper is what you needed. Yeah. And d- despite the fact that he's been really, really good for you, you're still conceding three goals a game. And, and that's the, That's the big problem, isn't it? it, it and it's I'm not. I, I haven't seen Dover play. It could be the next Gordon Banks, but the, the stats are, are still looking like there's a lot of goals. And it's not just about the saves that you make. It's about your commanding of the box and yeah. and the vocal side of it. Or it, do you think if you had a Mitch Walker, for example, you'd be conceding three goals a game with the defense you've got in
4: front of you? Probably because they're not. We, we switch off every two seconds. The spine of the team, yesterday, Willstone had two good players. They had Amira. We used to play for Ebsley. rolled well, the ball up. Good safe. So you lump it up, it's going to stick. We don't have that. And B, in the midfield, you had Charlie Cooper. Again, he's got a little bit of space and he's got a little bit of quality. If you'd put those two players in our side and, in my opinion, played our best side, we probably would have won that game. So, you know, look at a, when I looked at Will's team on paper, they've got players who played hundred games in the national league, and they've managed to attract them. Maybe because they're all based in London, it's very easy for them to do that. But yeah, I, I do think the keeper is is good, um, and part, he didn't have to do too much, Bexon. But yeah, yeah, we need an absolute rock at the back who heads everybody and kicks everybody. We need one of them in midfield, and I think Arthur could be the creativity thing. Yeah, well. But it's just so frustrating, John. And I was dry, I rang you last night. How frustrated did I sound on the way back?
0: You sounded very frustrated. It, you, you sounded a little bit beaten, to be honest. It yeah, was
4: exactly that, that. That you know what? That is a great word because, um, yeah. I, and I'm thinking, oh, and, and this is me. And interesting, somebody said to me at work, yeah, and I was saying to him about it, and he said, oh, I don't really give a monkey's about football. Uh, I didn't he doesn't know. support a team, but he said, speaking to me, and he said, the way I was talking, as I'm a true fan, you can hear re- in my voice how much it is. And I do feel a little bit beaten here because the season's November, the season ends the end of May, and it's just going to go on and on and on like this. And we're not getting anywhere. Um, uh, the, the other part of your fun. intro
0: that you didn't choose, by the way, was... Um the man who sent me a list of records earlier this week that would make Boyd Castle tear up. Uh, yeah. So those records, you, you touched on it in that interview with Nikki Southall, but you know, it, it isn't, it it's not good, is it? To, to, what is it? Record losing the streak, record starting a season without a win and everything like that. And, and I mean, I don't think, and I'm happy to be corrected on this, but I don't think any team has ever finished a season on minus points without <laughs> having like loads deducted at the end have they?
4: Not in the, the levels of football that Dover are in. And I do still think we will get into positive points. But, you know, if we're not going to beat Wildstone, who I think, you know, Willstone won. I'm not good at something. We should. we were the, they're, they're, If we're going to win a game against Wildstone, the next two, got Yeovil away on Saturday. Are we going to beat Yeovil? I, I, well, I'm probably thinking no. Then after that, you've got Wrexham. And there's two ends of the spectrum there. So, you're thinking we're not going to get results in them. Just a the draw dude, do to stop the winning, losing rot. So, it is, I don't want to, you know, worst things happen at sea. But, yeah, I probably had a little bit beaten. And, um, am I enjoying this season? I, uh, I enjoy the pod. But, yeah, you know, we've had highs and Dover have been top of the league at this time. And I've probably walked around like a cockroach thinking, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, football, it's got to bite you on the bum, but things. But, yeah, just a win. We're just doing. And you know, and I think everybody's the same and there's infighting at the club with his fans and yeah, he's just not good really.
0: <laughs> what was the I, I again, know what the crowd was Saturday? What was the crowd last night?
4: I've got no idea. Good following from Wildstone, though. They didn't actually um uh release the crowd. So. I,
0: I know I know a Wildstone fan from my other job, and he um said to me that apparently Wildstone quite fancied a tear up against Dover. I don't know I don't know where this has come from. Back in the back... day
4: there used to be rumbles. Right, okay. late 90s rumble central and i've and i said in the commentary i've seen people on top of the river end stand Wheelstone fans actually climbed up on top of the stand and goading dover fans so there is wow. there is some basic rivalry between i think it goes back to the 90s but willstone don't really like dover if the willstone hard nuts came in yesterday they wouldn't have found any dover fans to fight because everybody's like oh go on then you know, we haven't got the energy to fight. Not that you should fight, you know. Sorry, going so so
0: what you're telling me is you're defeated on the pitch, you're defeated in the stands.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mm. basic yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah, I am beat that's a lovely word, John. I'm and the worst things happen, you say it was me, But yeah, from a football point of view, you yeah, know, I'm just just win a game for goodness sake. So but yeah, because yeah, and at and some part of it, I'm quite I'm proud to be a Dover Athletic fan. That is my team. And if anybody says, oh, you know, you meet somebody or who do you support? I say Dover Athletic. I don't say, oh, Manchester United, because I don't support them. And this is my team. Awesome. And it hurts like buggery that we're absolutely pathetic this season. And I don't like it. You know, you want to be proud of your team. And I'm not proud. I don't know. Mate,
0: honestly, do you know what I've been there? I, I remember. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody I remember does. a time That's back in the day girl. when I used to support a team uh, as fervently as you supported Dover Athletic, and I remember a time when I was when it I was embarrassed of them, and I remember that there was a start of a season, uh, and they lost the first five games of the season, and I went to one of the games, and I was like, that is absolutely pathetic, and I saw a couple more games. Uh, later on in that season, that were even worse, and he just and he did kind of sit there and you think, well, what, you know, why why do I bother? Uh, and instead of uh, letting you waller like that, I make you talk to me on a podcast every week about it.
4: yeah so, um, it's, it's, it's was it was going to therapeutic and what's the other one beginning with C? Car, car. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, yeah. So, but again, worse things happen to C So, and, and, it's, and, and in five years' time. We'll be laughing about this when we're in League 2. There you go. And that's not going to happen, but you know what I mean. In all
0: all seriousness, I'm certainly laughing now. Uh, Anyway, let's move on. Bromley, uh, 3-2 winners over Kings Lynn uh, on Saturday. Kings Lynn just above Dover in the table. uh, And they're on a bad run as well. But then Bromley, defeat uh, for them on Saturday, uh, Tuesday night. Ending their really good run of form as they were beaten at home by Yeovil. Which bodes well for the weekend where uh, Do- Dover travel to Yeovil, as you've already heard, and it's Wrexham against Bromley. So Bromley will be desperate to bounce back uh, in that one, but that'll be a tough game for them uh, up in North Wales on Saturday. Uh, internationally south, uh United had a up and down week, a 6-0 hammering of, of fellow Kent side Welling on Saturday. Uh, but then they were beaten 3-2 by Maidstone on Tuesday night in an absolute thriller uh, at the Cufflink Stadium, as they like to call it these days. Also, it was Hemel Hempstead 2, Dartford 3 on Saturday. Maidstone had a 1-0 win over Chippenham. Tumbridge Angels drew 1-1 with Chelmsford City. And and that victory for Maidstone on Tuesday night at Ebb Street, that could be a pivotal moment in Maidstone's season. They started well, then they've tailed away but that is a result that's making people sit up and take notice of Maidstone again
4: back to back wins absolutely key for them when, when I saw them were 1-0 down early doors against a free score in Ebbsfleet but i think maidstone fans were a bit like me last week probably you know down in the dumps about football didn't do it two wins in a week and going to ebbsfleet who've been on absolute fire and everybody thinks they're going to do really well this season and get promoted is a really good win um and now got some tough games coming up. I think they've got Dartford coming up as well. Puts them back in the mix. Have they moved up the table? Have they gone third or something. Is that right? David? Do you know? I
0: haven't I know. actually got the lead table in front of me. I've yeah, been, I, think uh... they, I
4: think they might have done. I think they've, they've come from nowhere. And so,
0: but that's that's happening every single week in this division at the moment. Yeah, isn't it? yeah the top three now: Dartford, Ebbsfleet, Mainstone. So Mainstone up yeah. to up to third. They have played more games uh, than anyone down to twelfth. Uh, but they're level on points with Ebbsfleet United. And after that. Disappointing run they've been on. They needed it. F. C. will obviously be frustrated because they'd have gone top uh, had yeah. they won uh, that game. But they're still three points behind Dartford with two games in hand. But, you know, look at that league table. What a dream that is uh, for, for people of a Kentish persuasion to see 1-2-3 all belonging to Arfair county. So, uh that's, uh, uh, that's really, really positive And a brilliant result for Maidstone. And well done to them. I know uh, regular listener Dan's story was at the game. Uh, and he seemed to really enjoy it as well. So, uh, And he said Maidstone were, were probably worthy winners. So that was uh, quite something. A FA Trophy on Saturday uh, for those teams. We'll go through the fixing in that shortly. But there are some games on Tuesday. James uh, was are home to St Albans. And Oxford City against Ebsleet. Now, that's a big game because Oxford are in fourth place, having been knocked down uh, by that Maidstone win last night. But they've only been beaten once all season. So that is a big old test for Ebsleet United on Tuesday night, isn't it?
4: Yeah, I think Ebsleet. Beaten well in 6 0. From what I gather, they were absolutely awesome that game. You know, when it comes to the crunch, this is really the real thing. They've got to. I think last season they, you know, looked good, then flapped to deceive a little bit, lost some big games. I think. But yeah, I think you're still learning. I still think they've probably got a good chance to, um, to win the division. But the games over Christmas are getting bigger and bigger when they play Dartford. Yeah. If we see how they get on. Against Oxford, difficult place to go on a midweek as well. I'm doing well, yeah. So, yeah, maybe two steps forward, one step back for think but they're all going in the right direction. I don't, I do think they'll be, they'll be disappointed to lose to Maidstone. I'm sure about that because they could have put a, a bit of a gap between them, but um, big win for Retting.
0: Yes, uh, on Saturday in the FA Trophy, it's Bath City against Dartford, Canvey Island against Tunbridge Angels, Cray Wanderers against Ebsfleet uh, in the big game, Hungerford against Welling and Maidstone are at home to Billericay, who are bottom of the division, uh, and Hartley Whitney against Folkestone is the remaining tie in the FA Trophy, which brings us nicely to our next interview. Uh, on Saturday, I made the short trip uh, from my... House here to go over to Lewis, uh, where in and Victor were the visitors. They play uh, on Wednesday evening as well as they take on Cray Wanderers. Uh, but I did speak after the game, uh, which ended Lewis three in and Victor nil, uh, to assistant manager Roland Edge, and, and I asked him at, at the start how difficult it was to, to pick the team up after conceding two goals so late. Well, you know, it often
3: happens in football and it doesn't show a true reflection of the game because you go pushing. I mean, you make a decision. 1-0 is the same as 3-0 in the points. So we just decided to try and have a go at it. Um, We know what they've got. I mean, we know what Joe's about. You know, he's a great finisher. And to be fair, the other lads scored goals as well from midfield. They had a bit of time and space. I mean, he's, he's scuffed the first one with the left foot and it's come straight back to him and then he's dispatched the next one brilliantly. Joe had time in the box, you know what's happening, you know. But it's one of those, we push to try and try and get a goal and sometimes that happens, you end up being 3-0. So. Everyone knows today where nothing seemed to fall right for you, did it? Um, we know what, what they're all about, you know, they play good football and everything like that. But I honestly felt today that it was a real even Stephen's first half. Uh, Tanner's cutting, we know what he's about, boy can finish. It's hit, scores, but realistically, that was the only chance. Well, sorry, no, Tim made a good save, right? One good save. So I say we go 1-0 down at uh, the first half. You come out and you go at them. And I honestly, and I know this sounds a, a little bit harsh, I do think they're a good side. I think we were all over them. I really do think we, we were all over them. But at the end of the day, no matter how all over them we were, uh, we didn't create an open chance. And that's you've got to give them credit for how they defended. They all got behind the ball as fast as they c- could. They defended. They knew they, we was going to go at them. And uh, I just think we didn't ask enough. With all of the good positions we got, we didn't quite make it capitalised. So. It's a, a bit of a
0: blip, isn't it? I think it's what one win in, in five league games. But your manager is far too experienced to be worried about
3: things like that. And, and you've got the quality in your team to bounce back. Well, this is this is the funny thing. Like, It's only a couple of years ago where we was on the last day of the season to stay in the league. And, um, I mean, we know all about these, guys, let's be fair, they're the Cray team that's come to Lewis. So we know what they're about. They're a well-drilled outfit. Um, Folkestone, really, the first thing we look for is to stay in the league. Uh, it just so happens at the minute we are at the top and playing some quite good football. And it, every reporter keeps saying to us about a blip, right? We played Hornchurch, who won the trophy last year we drew with them is that a blip I don't know Chesson they're up there we played them away we drew the blip was one game yeah so that we can accept that and then you go and you uh, reassess and go again I guess what I mean by when I say
0: that is when you look at the stats you haven't won as many games in the last five but
3: I know that folks and you won't worry about that Well, no, we know these teams that we've come up against are tough. You know, like a draw at Chesson away is a good result, really. Uh, Hornchurch are a good side. And let's be fair, Carl Shorten are good away from home. Uh, If it was the other way round and we played them at our place, I'd be more worried. You know, it's one of those things. You're not going to win every game. Uh, However many games, I think we're 29 points now. We're not going to worry, we're going to reassess, because that game really, with a little bit more of quality, could have gone the other way. The papers are going to open up and be 3-0, and everyone's going to go, oh, wow, they've battered them. If you came here, you're going to know that's different. Generally speaking, though, you say the first aim is always to stay in this league, but you've got to be so pleased. I mean, you're still a relatively young coach, and you've been alongside such a great experienced manager. That must be great for you. Yeah, it's great to learn off cugs, you know. like Let's be fair, like Cougs... I've been here where we're wondering where the next uh, bit of money is going to come from to pay the salary of the players. And, and we, don't, we don't pay big money either. Uh, Cougs does brilliantly to get the most out of what we've got, the players that we've got. And the ground over the years I've been here has got better as well. So we are getting to a platform now, really, where um, the club's ready to move on. I think we've got a good group of players. And realistically, we should first get safe and then see where we can go. It's one of those, isn't it? It's well, because we always talk about the consistency that you've got in terms of your players, and you know people who've been
0: around the club for a long time, and obviously Neil as well. But that's a massive part of it, isn't it? That you all know each other so well, and, and that's and that's how you how you
3: progress and do so well. The cohesion in the team is brilliant. I must admit. I mean, sometimes you've been in, in dressing rooms where you know it's not quite right. Uh, we we never doubt that the effort that our boys give. Sometimes it's just that little bit of quality that we lack that prevents us getting the result that we deserve. Um, we know we'll fight to the very end, to the last game of the season. So we're happy with that. You know, it's just uh, getting little bits of quality going, set pieces, things like that, and trying to turn possible draws into wins and losses into draws. You know, and that's we'll end up in a good position. The FA Trophy at the weekend. You've seen a team from your division win it last year. Do, do you <laughs> sit there and think, well, it, it's a possibility? Uh, I think we always look at the Cup games as a little bit of fun and a little bit of a respite away from the bread and butter, you know, the, the league. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to drop out of this league, never. And if you can manage to go out of the league by going up, well, that would be fantastic. It's a little bit of respite and it puts a little bit of money in the uh, bank, which always makes the uh, chairman very happy. So, yeah, we'll, get, we'll go as far as we can, hopefully put some good performances in and... Uh, take a, a little bit of step back from the league and then go back into it and kick on. And just finally, obviously, the winter months are coming up, which is where you, where you really earn your corn, isn't it? Coming out here in freezing cold days and, and doing everything you can. Well, yeah, you know, that's part of football, isn't it? I mean, it, since you was like what, four or five, you've been out in the cold chasing the ball like a wally. Uh, you, it, doesn't, it doesn't really bother you. The thing that used to bother me about the winter was normally the state of a pitch... And the weather conditions, because they can sometimes destroy a game of football. But I think this league's so good that you go to most pitches and they're really good. They can handle the weather now and it, it doesn't affect the style of football. So I'm looking forward to the winter months. Sometimes you have to roll roll your sleeves up, dig deep and get the points in the winter. It's not as attractive sometimes as the summer, but you've got to do both to get somewhere, haven't you? It was a funny one, Matt,
0: that game. It, it, I mean, it, it ended 3-0. It... It looks like you look at it and you see goals in the 91st and 95th minute and you think, oh, it, that they were right in it. But do you know what? They, they barely had a shot on target, Folkestone. And and I've got to say that Lewis, obviously managed by a friend of the show, uh, Tony Russell, they did a job on Folkestone. And, and the front two of Folkestone, who are, you know, much much highlighted, very, very handy, they barely had a look in. So, it, yeah, it's a disappointing result, that one, for Folkestone. But they probably won't, f- will know that they didn't really deserve to come back with anything from that.
4: Yeah, I think it's a disappointing uh, result. Lewis, But well, Lewis lost last night. So, Folkestone, as he mentioned there, on a bit of a blip, but he, I liked the bit, he sort of said, well, we're not really on a blip, we're doing really well this season. So, maybe Folkestone um, of their own success, you know, victims of their own success, how you think they're going to be doing from that position. But yeah, disappointing result. Did you think, do you think, how are Lewis getting on? They're mixed sort of results. But as he said, the majority of Cray from last season, the manager knows what he's doing. Just folks on this need to maybe regroup. And it'll be a good, interesting test when they play um, against Cray tonight. And Neil Cugley was at the Dover game last night. I said, are you scouting? He said, oh. no. Um, or in for the Dover job. And he said, no, just meeting up with uh, Ira Jackson. So, <laughs> he's in there.
0: Um, no, I, th- I, th- I thought, uh, Cray, obviously, brand new team. And there are some players... Quite a few players from Cray, but there are also other players that have come in as well, and th- they they were impressive. They they, they did a, a they did the job. That that was all, all they needed to do, and I, I guess it they they looked like they've been well drilled. They knew they knew what they're doing. You, you know you're going to get that from a Tony Russell side. Um, I thought uh, a friend of the show, another friend of the show, Joe Taylor, for large parts he he cut quite a frustrated figure because I think he wanted a bit more service than he was getting. But when he got some service, his finish was absolutely superb. I think you can see it online, but a brilliant chip um, from Joe over the goalkeeper to to seal the win. Um, And I mean, Lewis is a club who are going places. They obviously are are very big on the the equal equal opportunities. They have the same budget for their men's and women's team, which is a great initiative. Uh, 800-odd people there on Saturday. The ground is right next to the station. It's an absolutely wonderful place to watch football. The dripping pan with the high um, terrace or sort of, sort of bank on one side, you can kind of look down on. I actually stayed in the terrace behind the goal because it was it was near the bar, uh, and I kind of got to see both both sides. So I, I was focusing on attacking the end. I was at first half and Lewis in the second, and it was a nice atmosphere. Lovely day out, right near the station. I'm definitely going back when uh, when Cray are there and when Margate are there. Um, but uh, yeah, and and I thought they they. They look to the part. And, and yeah, I, I stand by my question to Roland Edge that folks in Ireland are blip because they, they haven't been getting the results of late. And, yeah, I think victims of their own success is definitely something you could say. And I guess we, we do have high expectations of what we're expecting from Victor. um, And th- I was disappointed with them on Saturday. I, I think they're better than that.
4: Well, I, I, OK, I don't know if I've mentioned this in the pod. They've got two good strikers in Smith and uh, Adi Yusuf. But the three games I think I've seen folks in this season, I don't think they particularly work as a partnership, which goes against because they both score goals. You know, you know, you see partnerships there. Mm. I just don't think they work as a partnership in some sort of ways. But I'm not a football manager. So I, I think that maybe they could work on the link up play. But you look at the players they've got. You look at, you know, the solid. the maybe because... The team has been so together for such a long time, you think, right, this is going to be the year. And when they have a bit of a blip, you think, mm, well, a bit disappointed with them. But, you know, if you'd offer Folkestone probably last place in the playoffs at the start of the season, they take your arm off. The good start they've had when they were top of the league, you think, oh, maybe, you know, a bit like Darfur, really, oh, they're doing so well, you have a blip, think, oh, it's all going wrong, but maybe it isn't. They could go to Cray tonight, get a result, and away they go again. So, yeah, we're expecting the playoffs from Folkestone. And I think if they, if they didn't get in there, I think they'd be disappointed. Or we'd be disappointed and maybe the club necessarily would not be, if you know where I'm coming from.
0: Yeah, well, he, he said a couple of times that their first aim is, is to stay in that division. So that they're, they're well okay. on course to do that. Yeah. Um, but, oh, I, you know... They are not issue yeah. No, they're, 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 are they one of the favourites for promotion? Well, they are because of where they've been the last couple of yeah. years. But I would probably say that Anyone who would have written the likes of Lewis off uh, yeah. uh, would be false because Lewis are obviously very well drilled, very well coached, very well managed and they've got quality throughout their team. So they did very well and I'll say I oh, will definitely go back there. But this is a Kent podcast, so let's focus on the Kent sides uh, because on Saturday as well it was defeat for Cray Wanderers and Margate. Cray Wanderers beaten at Kingston and Margate beaten at home by Bognor Regis. Saturday, Margate are the only team uh, in league action because the other two are still in the FA Trophy as they travel to Horsham. And then on Tuesday night, Cray Wanderers travel to face Bowers and Pitsy. Uh, very quickly, this week, Southeastern Ashford beat Sittingbourne 1-0 on Saturday. It was Chichester 2, Phoenix Sports 0, Corinthian 0, uh, Favishon 1, early penalty for your mate Eddie also up there, uh, Matt. Cray Valley 1, Haywards Heath 1, it's Herne Bay 2, Lansing 1, Hyde nil. Whitsall Town 3, Ramsgate beat Whitehawk by three goals to one. And then on Tuesday, it was Hastings 2, Sittingbourne 1. Uh, it this weekend, Ashford at home to VCD. Uh, it's Corinthian against Chichester, East Grinstead against Sittingbourne, Faversham take on 7 Oaks. It's Herne Bay against Burgess Hill, Lancing against Hythe Town. Phoenix against Three Bridges. Whistle will travel to Whitehawk. And on Tuesday, Whitehawk is also the destination for Herm Bay. And I've left out Ramsgate against Cray Valley uh, on Saturday there with good reason. Because the Rams have decided and announced that that game on Saturday is free entry for everybody. Uh, So if you're in the area on Saturday, you can go along and watch third place Ramsgate against Top of the table, Cray Valley. Two Kent sides, two sides. If you've listened to the show, you've heard us talk about a lot over the past four and a bit years. And they are both going great guns at the moment. So that promises to be an absolute cracker. And I hope, Matt, that they get a really good crowd through the gates.
4: Yeah, Ramsgate um, doing really good things in the community. Made it family friendly for everybody. So, yeah, it should be an interesting game and a real good matchup um, from those two there, I have to say. So um, I like the, uh, you've seen the um, advert they've got. It's the the sharpshooter, the top goal scorers against each other. Really good stuff they're doing marketing off the field. And again, yesterday, both I got emails from both my kids' schools saying, look, Ramsgate got free entry. So the marketing is really good from that. And I would have thought, if it's not too cold at the weekend, that'd be a really. I would have thought maybe just could then hopefully get into four figures for that game.
0: Where are you going Saturday? Don't
4: know yet. To be honest, a week off would probably do me good, so I can feel what? the. Uh, Feel the sounds love.
0: To, sounds to me like the uh, like the Gerrards and, and, and the girls could be heading to Ramsgate. Then. They
4: could, oh, we could do, we could pop up there if they wanted to, to do something like that. I don't know if my youngest one would do, we could do, actually, yeah. If we want to do, well, the wife doesn't like football, so she's got no chance going, but um, depends what we're doing. But if, again, if I'm not working on the Saturday, saying to the family, let's go to football may not go down particularly well.
0: No, no, shame. Um, yeah, but lots of good football going on in in your area as well. Tuesday night deal against Chatham, that's a big one as well. Yes,
4: yeah, really, yeah, some, yeah, that'd be all good. Yeah, good. It's good to see that there's some there is some hotbed of football in the southeast of Kent.
0: Absolutely, in that part of Kent, there is definitely some football going to worth, uh, go, worth get your time, uh, going to see. Some, oh, that's, some that's, not that's it. Time. Yeah, we've we've been through all the all the divisions now. You, you can forget about Dover until a week on Saturday, really. Now, Matt. Yeah.
4: Also, um, oh, we missed that. Did you see James Rogers? Yes. Oh, interim Hyde manager.
0: Oh, I did actually have that written down that I was going to bring that up. Yes, James Rogers has taken over uh, at Hyde Town. I, I, this is how prepared I am. I actually have that tab open. Uh, he has been appointed interim manager, but not until uh, next week. Um, he's going to be working with Tom Winter as well alongside him. Uh, Martin Giles, the Hyde Town secretary, said James will provide continuity within the current squad. as worked with some of Kent's top managers during his career. He brings experience and passion. He was keen to make this step up as he starts. To look forward to look towards a career in football management. Uh, Nathan Elder ruled himself out due to work commitments, and Franny Colin will be in charge for the game at Lancing on Saturday. Before Roger, as he's always known, uh, will take charge for the first time against Faversham in the Kent Senior Cup. Uh, yeah, interesting appointment that one, and obviously a disappointing result uh, on Saturday as they were beaten by Whitstable. And, and you do kind of worry about how things are going. And I'm just looking uh, on Twitter yesterday, uh, quite a few players have announced that they've moved on. Uh, Darren Oldacre has gone. Uh, Nathan Gordon has gone as well. Uh, Oldacre has joined uh, Dorking Wanderers, uh, by the looks of things, so a step up for him. Uh, And Nathan Gordon, what has he said? He said his time has come to an end uh, next Saturday. So it does look like there's a real uh, knock-on of all the stuff that's been going on um, for Hythe. And, and and it is still worrying times. And James Rogers, I'm sure he will be a fantastic manager in time, but I doubt he'll probably take over in a more difficult situation than he's going to.
4: Yeah, look, useless a fact about James Rogers: The first ever game I did for Radio Kent, he made his debut for Dover and he scored from a corner. So James Rogers, I saw his debut. That is back in two thousand and three. So eighteen years ago. So he must be late mid thirties now, James Rogers. He's had a brilliant career. He's got promoted with basically every team he's got he's been with. So a really had a stellar career from a local boy in Dover, I think he's in Elvington. Um good luck to him, him and Tom Winter. He won't be dealt with Tom Winters around, I have to say, because he's a real character. Yeah, it's gonna be tough for Hive. But great to see that James Rogers is what to give something back to the game because he's had a brilliant career. If you probably look at on paper, the player who's got the most promotions over the last ten years or since his career, it would be James Rogers because he's got promoted with every team he's played for. So apart from Hyde, maybe, but you know when he was done, he's been. I think he's won every single division up to the National League. So brilliant career. Good luck with him and hopefully it works out for him. And good to see the new broom coming through.
0: Yeah, and I hope it does work out for them because uh, it is uh, obviously a worrying time down at Town. but hopefully uh, something will come up for them. So, fingers crossed uh, that everything picks up there. That's pretty much it. Bake Off's finished. Uh, I'm Celebrities on. We're, we're, we're getting into the, the, the sort of Christmas TV times now, aren't we? Well,
4: oh, I did. I watched the new Home Alone.
0: Oh, did you? What's that like? Uh,
4: not as good as the other one. It's a bit... It, it, it's based on that, but it's a bit... It's not about criminals. Well, it is, but nice criminals.
0: <laughs> oh, oh! I, everyone loves a nice criminal, don't they?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, I, I don't want to give the story away, but it's got. Um, yeah, it, it's okay, but it's not. The kids enjoyed it because of the sort of slapstick humour um, involved in that. And in the end, everybody's friends, though on that basis. <laughs> do you,
0: do you know, know what I found the other day the on, uh, on on Sky? Um, they've now taken over this, uh, or they've brought this nbc streaming thing from america uh called peacock uh, and one of the things on this peacock is wait for it a reboot of saved by the bell really yeah and it's got like zach morris is in it uh, and it's got ac slaters in it and jesse spano's in it there's and and kelly they've all appeared I, I watched the first episode just for a bit of nostalgia they all appeared in it and the main protagonist is wait for it Zach's son of course it is but uh
4: you know it, it wasn't the he, worst is, he, um, uh, is his son look like him blonde and all that sort of, of thing. course yeah but yeah. i used to like um kelly and that program so that was a. Uh, um yeah well the other other remaking um uh, fresh prince of bel-air and all things like that so that's
0: all the rage now, isn't it? Ret- retro. The, the, the depressing yeah, thing yeah. Is, is when things are retro and you remember the bloody first time they were going around. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah it's up true. there with a
0: few years ago. Oh, this is a long time ago when I sat down and had my hair cut and th- there was some music on or other. And I was like, oh, what's this to the girl? And she was going, oh, yeah, this is like like the new stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm not a fan. She went, yeah, yeah. She said, I like really old school stuff like Usher. And I'm thinking, I remember him coming out. It's not mm-hmm. old school. Please say that's not old school. I've never felt so old uh, as at that point, but uh, yeah. Yeah, not a lot going on here, but obviously, uh, I'm no longer home alone, so that's uh, so talking of your
4: film uh, I've got to say, John, we are another game tonight. The Kent Senior Cup final is on tonight, of course.
0: The it? Kent Senior Cup final is on tonight, and yes, uh, normally we'd but we'd record the show after that's finished, uh, but it it's is on massive tonight, game. massive game, uh, massive game, uh, Dartford against Whitstable. Uh, and I'm sure that both sides will be desperate to, to get their mitts on, on the cup. It's two years it's late, this, this competition, yeah, lovely trophy. Uh, so yeah, I hope everybody who's going to that game uh, has enjoyed themselves because you'll probably be hearing this after the game. Um, but yeah, a, a big night uh, for, for the Kent FA. And, and it's always nice to see to see that's kind of still a big day. We, we've been to the Kent Senior Trophy final. Oh, we've, we, I've been to both. Uh, yeah. We went to the Kent Senior Cup, didn't we? we made Stone against Folkestone. Yeah. Uh, I also went to the Kent Senior Trophy final when it was uh, Whitstable against Sheppey. So, you know, I, I, it, th- th- those cup finals, it doesn't matter what level of football you're playing at. A cup final was always a big day, isn't it?
4: You don't get many cups lifted in November, though. So, dear, normally no. should be April or May. So, yeah, could lift the trophy, which I think this is the one that started 1920. Yeah, so. this is
0: the 2020 So, it's, it's only nearly two years late. Yeah. So, two yeah. years ago, we probably would have been talking about the, the first round of that competition and the final was yep. being played tonight. So, so
4: yeah, enjoy the game, though. And fingers crossed and hope it's a good game. And the best team win. Well, it should bring it home.
0: You'd think so. When was the last time Dover won the Kent Senior Cup, mate?
4: know, so and I couldn't give them monkeys. But I did, uh, saying about that, I did say one of my favourite days out was Dover back in 1990. We used to play at Gillingham um, and Dover when they did win the Senior Cup, Leroy Ambrose, but I think it might have been against Ebsley. Yeah, that was a good day out because that was a big game then. Early 90s when you'd get 3,000 when you played the likes of Gillingham and Maidstone in the Kent Senior Cup and Dover won it. So, I've seen Dover lift it, but it's one of those competitions, a bit like some of these ones in the scaffold that, you know, Win's a, imagine, win though, no. mate. a win's a win <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah right that is true that is true yeah.
0: <laughs> right well that's pretty much it for this week's show uh thank you everybody for listening you can find us on twitter at L podcast you can find us on facebook search for kent NL podcast uh, i'm at john phipps 81 matt is at matthew underscore jail. we're going to be a bit later uh with the show next week uh should be with you uh late thursday night early friday morning and uh i don't know what content's going to be on it because i'm uh, i'm a little bit indisposed this week so it's all down to matt's So we shall see what he comes up with um, over the course of the week. But it may just be a quick show running through stuff. Well, we may not do one at all, but we'll do our best uh, to bring you something uh, towards the back end of next week. But thank you, Edward, for listening uh, to this week's show. Thanks to all three of our guests, uh, two two assistant managers speaking after defeats, uh, and Harry Hudson for that fascinating chat, which happened about two hours ago, which I really, really enjoyed. And thank you most of all to every single one of you for listening. And we'll speak to you next week, probably, on the Kent podcast.
4: There will be bluebirds over the white cliffs of Dover. It might not be this season, but eventually it will.